0: Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name's Adam Rogers, and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. The Team Blaney podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have both been diehard followers of the Blaney Racing family for two decades. Today, we closely follow third-generation driver Ryan Blaney, who pilots the number 12 Ford Mustang for Team Penske on the NASCAR Cup Series circuit. Each week on the podcast, we will review Ryan's latest NASCAR race and then preview the race for the upcoming weekend, offering news, notes, statistics, and analysis. Steve, it was a crazy... Historic wet weekend down there (laughs) in Talladega, Alabama, Uh, across all three series really that hit the track down there on that 2.66 mile super speedway. Yeah, it's just one of those weekends where you got to catch your breath uh, from from the trucks to Xfinity to uh, a two day, uh, two days worth of show for the the Cup Series, all the way down to a, a historic finish for NASCAR uh thoughts on the weekend did you get to see all the races did you only get to catch the cup race uh did you see the highlights i don't know there's a lot to take in
1: the three first time winners first off three different you know three different first time winners um yeah i got to see a little bit of the trucks a little bit of the xfinity uh and then of course having to go to work on a monday and, and the race is going on and i work on the road uh during the afternoons, so uh, i was out and about and i was more or less just listening and not really been able to kind of see uh, well, every once in a while a red light I could <laughs> pull it up on my phone or whatever, but uh, um, yeah, it, it, you know those you're listening and in the, and I'm listening to the scanner actually, yeah. and you know bottom of three, bottom of four, and I'm just like. Uh, I'm just, like, totally tense. I'm like, whoa, don't do that, you know. But um, they raced, and that was the thing about it this weekend is everybody raced. Uh, we didn't get any of those stretches of the race where they got single file and just kind of, like, you know, sat there for a while. They didn't do any of that. They were all racing, and, and then that's the thing about the weather um, being a factor is that uh, – you didn't know, you didn't know when the caution was going to come for weather. And if you could get to halfway, then you got to really race and the stage points were so important, um, with the playoff standings. So yeah, it, uh, it made uh, for, uh, you know, excitement. It really did, even though the results maybe weren't what we were hoping for. Um, there was definitely a lot of raciness going on and, uh, luckily there wasn't really a big, big one to take anybody out and, uh, and uh, hurt anybody in the points in a major way, or at least hurt Ryan in the points in a major way. So,
0: Yeah, I think I was talking, there's only maybe one time where they almost thought about going single file, running up against the wall, but after a few seconds, not even a full lap, guys bailed back down. And um, I mean, we saw it firsthand, uh, this new updated Super Speedway package, uh, which I guess this would have been the last time they're actually going to run it with just this generation of car, with those tweaks. And when we were there at Daytona, We saw a lot of racing the whole way through the race. Yeah, there was a few times during that race specifically where they did get strung out uh, for a little bit. When they got to Daytona, though, with that threat of weather kind of hanging over their heads for that entire race, you saw two wide, three wide, sometimes four wide action that was pretty much nonstop all the way through uh, all, what, 97, 98 laps, whatever it was that they actually did make it through during this race. So um, like you said, uh, it uh, it was an exciting weekend. Yeah, the first time that NASCAR has seen three different or uh, three brand new winners in three different series at, at the same track. I think they may have done it uh, across separate tracks over a weekend, but the first time at the same track and going into the race, people were talking about that being a possibility uh, and also the possibility that a non-playoff driver would win at Talladega, which obviously we'll get into. That did happen. So, um, But yeah, congratulations over there to Brandon Brown in the Xfinity series, Tate Fogelman in the... Uh, truck series and why don't we go ahead and talk about the Yellowwood 500 from this past weekend in the NASCAR Cup Series Ryan Blaney race recap Talladega Super Speedway All right uh we scheduled uh
1: lap uh 6120 and then 188 was the scheduled
0: distance um competition caution at lap 25 and this was well, this is us prepping on Sunday. So, Sunday, correct. So, so everyone's getting ready. They, they, they did the driver intros. They waited a little while, you know, tracked, uh, track uh, dried the track down a little bit. Finally got out there for pace laps. And then the heavens opened up again. <laughs> yeah. Then we got a little rain.
1: Um, yeah. They had, um, let's see, uh, the, the, it was 103 local time. The engines were fired. Um, and uh yeah the morning showers delayed that start of the race oh i'm sorry to 237 local time so yeah they were delayed for like over an hour hour and a half almost there and um <laughs> they do get out on track and during the second pace lap passing shower soaks the front stretch at 249 local time and the race was postponed right away till uh, 12 p.m tomorrow now the main reason is it's over two hours to dry the whole track. Yep. Um, and that's without any help from the sunlight or, um, heavy winds or anything like that. So they were looking at, getting to at least a halfway with daylight and at that, you know, local time there. And we know from the night or the day before the Xfinity race, um, I think about six thirty local time, it was getting dark there, or seven o'clock local time. So yeah, they knew that they just didn't have enough time to dry that track and get the, get the cars back out there. And that's if it stopped raining.
0: Yep. And, and yeah, um, the biggest thing they kept re- reinforcing over the weekend, and you'll hear this a lot is that yes, getting to halfway at this point, is fine. That's a, an official race, but NASCAR is not going to start a race unless they think they will get in the entire scheduled distance. So even though, yeah, maybe they could have dried the track and got to halfway, eventually, that's not uh, good enough for them. They want to make sure that fans get an entire race in. Funniest tweet I saw on Sunday. um If you follow Formula One at all, a few weeks ago they had a uh, a a rain. T- I don't even know what to call it. A rain shortened or whatever, but basically they got out on track. They ran some pace laps behind the pace car and then called an official race. So the funniest tweet I saw immediately was like, well, according to F1 rules, Denny Hamlin has just won the Yellowwood 500. So (laughs) uh, luckily that's not a thing they do in NASCAR. So they packed everything up, sent everybody back to the infield to party the rest of the evening, and uh, we'll pick it back up again uh, on Monday. Monday,
1: yeah. Monday at 12 p.m. local time. They fire up the engines at 12.05 um local time denny hamlin takes the field uh and kyle bush uh is on the inside and ryan's starting fourth at this point and uh basically they uh they push out to lead their chase other so christopher bell three wide and um you know actually bell went to the back real quick there, trying to go three wide um but by lap six um uh the top lane led by kevin harvick and the first five cars are all fords and ryan's in that grouping now I- i'm not going to give this normal my normal race report be ryan's in third and then two laps later passes somebody for second you just can't do that at super speedways no matter what you do and uh once again watching it on monday the way i was watching it too is it impossible to do that
0: if you but, tried to do that for a super speedway i'd have to buy you some more notebooks i think Uh
1: yeah i'd be out of paper about 10 laps in because uh uh, you know, that's the only thing about the, this type of racing is that on the front stretch you could be on the outside line in second place, and by the back stretch uh, that inside line's past you, or they're three wide, and all of a sudden you're twelfth, even though you're in the third or fourth row of that three wide, you're twelfth. You know, so um, that happens a lot, and we really couldn't, I couldn't do it any justice in in a, in a race report. So you kind of kind of hear some generalities here, um, but like I said, by lap six he's in the top four or five with all those Fords. Um, and basically they're racing toward the competition caution at lap 25 at this point. And um, they do get to that competition caution. And uh Ryan just says it's handling fine. He says, uh, honestly, he says he didn't feel the splitter, it got off it in the first couple of laps once the air pressures got up. Um, he tells them the temperatures are under 30, under 15. Um, and he was only really pushing for a couple of laps there. So uh they, they pretty much can do any kind of adjustments they want. Uh, they do get two tires and uh, and fuel and um he um all day they were either gaining a spot on pit road or even on pit road so um like i said it was hard to keep track of sometimes some cars stayed out and so forth too so they lost position based on you know somebody staying out but they pretty much held serve all day on pit road
0: speaking of pit road they did have some interesting situations uh he was pitted right behind in front of denny hamlin yeah, and um, i believe it was behind, behind. 11 yeah. so hamlin early on in this race kept every once in a while he'd come up through the pack but for the most part stayed out in the back so it made it fairly decent for where uh ryan could get into his box he just needed to stop short because hamlin mm-hmm. would be coming towards the end of ryan stops and mm-hmm. there was one time during this race where uh, Ryan was coming out and Hamlin was coming in right about at the same time and did almost cause a little bit of a catastrophe, but um, mm-hmm. it was interesting to see that play out. Yeah. Um,
1: so they do, they do restart here. And like I said, there's really nothing. I mean, it's three wide and four right wide action um, for the, for the next bunch of laps. And uh, at uh, lap 47, it, it does the top 17 basically have a single lane uh, led by Kaslowski. So that's at that one point, basically where they do kind of get spread out. But like you said, it only lasts a couple of laps. Uh, and they get get second, two wide and three wide again, or that inside lane catches up. At lap 56, uh, Justin Allgaier gets sideways uh, with a big shove from Byron uh, in the tribal, And they collect uh, Kyle Larson, sending him to the in- uh, outside wall. Um, Ryan Priest spins, trying to avoid Kyle Larson. And Chase Briscoe also takes damage here. And, um, you know, this is right near the end of the stage. Uh, so they do, you know, basically get to the end of the stage at this point. And Ryan ends up P P six, at the end of the stage. Uh, so he does get first stage, uh, stage points. Um, Chris Buescher wins the stage. Uh, Byron Bell, uh, Kyle Bush, Martin tricks, Jr. Denny Hammond, um, are drivers who did not get stage points. So it was kind of interesting there too. Only like half of the guys in the playoffs got stage points in that first stage. So, uh, getting stage points was pretty important
0: right there. Interesting first stage. And I don't know, um, they mentioned this on one of the broadcasts. I don't know if it's either Sunday or Monday, uh, that the fact that, and you saw this with the Fords, the Fords, you know, from the outset found each other, got into a pretty big line of Fords and ran that way the whole way. I had heard a note that said that the Chevrolets this time um, actually had a meeting and they kind of talked it through and said they only need, They only wanted them really to get together before they needed to do green flag pit stops for this race. They were kind of trying a new strategy. They said it might be better for you guys to be spread out during the race because what they're talking about, and maybe this is something we've seen, you know, at the Daytona 500 earlier in the year where Joey and Brad both got caught up in a crash um, and took out some others. Ford did end up winning that race anyway, but, um, they, Chevy was more afraid of all their cars getting taken out in one crash because they're all running together. So now we're kind of seeing some divergent strategies here. And I don't think the race played out long enough for us to really see how that was going to work out. But um, it was just something to take note of that, that that they said the Chevrolets actually didn't have to have an allegiance to each other, except for it went to when it came to green flag pitting. Again, spoiler alert, we never saw any of that.
1: Um, Todd basically says when the pits do open, uh, at the stage break there, they go for four tires and fuel. Um, they go in six, they come out six at that point. Like I said, they hold serve on all their, on all their pit stops. Um, they restart at lap 65 Logano leading the inside Hamlin on the outside. And at this point, Larson is out there still he's, you know, he's lost some laps, but he's, uh, well, yeah, I think he may have only lost one lap at that point, but he's trying to get, uh, to minimum speed. And then at lap sixty-seven, he blows a tire in turn two, hits the wall after just meeting the minimum speed, and basically has to go back in and uh, try and fix that. So there's caution at lap sixty-eight for the debris. The leaders: uh, Joey, Brad, Chris, Busher, Brian, Harvick, Priest, Bell. They stay out, and everyone else pits. Uh, they topping off their fuel, but this and this was kind of interesting because they uh, at. Um, lap 71 is right before they go to take the green, the, the, uh, the last lap there. Um, the whole field comes down and tops off the field. So everybody was on the same strategy there, whether you went in right there, um, they waited till it was uh, one lap to go and everybody bailed down pit road, come back out. Um, this is where Ryan nearly makes contact with Denny actually at this point. Um, Cause they're all in there at the same time and they're all in there about, about the same, uh, you know, same space and same time. So uh they come out and then they do the restart uh, at lap 73, but there's rain in turns one and two (laughs) and the cars are taking a pit road and uh, stopped as the jet dryers held out to the track. Um, This is a red flag lasts 18 um, minutes. So at this point it's only raining in one or two. So, and they do a good job getting the jet dryers out there pretty quick and um, it stops raining quick enough where they, where they can pretty much keep it dry. So, uh, it's just a short delay. Um, they come back out, lap seventy-six. Uh, the field pits for the fuel only before the restart. So a lot of these cars are looking to try to see if they can stretch their fuel mileage to the end of the stage, which they probably would need other, another caution or to save fuel. And and this becomes part of what happens with Ryan in this second stage too, is that they're 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 actually in the pack just trying to save fuel at a certain point. Um, the lap 78, uh, the restart, Justin Haley and Corey, the joy are leading, leading the field. And this is another thing that kind of like keeps some guys um, try to be a little more careful basically, and, and, and not being involved in something. Cause you got some guys out front who are not used to being out front. Um,
0: I did kind of wonder how I'm glad that you brought this fact up that Ryan was trying to save fuel, because this was a point where I you know, obviously at work as well, and just trying to listen a little bit and kind of catch it. We, you know, we have multiple TVs in my office where I'm at. So watching it on the TV, and I I just can see Ryan hanging out in the back for like a long period of time. And I'm like, I know he can drive back up through there. What's, what's really going on here? So that insight that you have there, that they're kind of staying, you know, to the middle, to the back, which can be a little bit dangerous crash wise. Um, but it was confusing me. I'm like, come on, get back, get back up there. Uh, fuel strategy though. That's, that's mm-hmm. important as well.
1: Yeah. They get to lap 94 and that's the official halfway point. So now we know it's an official race, no matter what happens at lap 98, um, chase Elliott shoves Ricky Stano's Jr. in the back of Alex Bowman, who was leading the high lane, sending Bowman in the outside wall. Bowman collects multiple cars, Bowman, Reddick, Chastain, Truex, Priest. Kyle Busch, Josh Palicki, Cody Ware, BJ McLeod, Quinn Huff, Corey LeJoy, all get uh, some sort of damage out of this. At uh, lap one hundred, uh, we got uh, Bubba Wallace, Cody Ware, Ryan Newman, Aric Um, They all uh, they all pit, and everybody else kind of stays out. Like I said, they're on this other strategy, and uh, there's a restart at one hundred four. Now like I said, there was actually a radio communication that says, well, I got to save gas. So I'll ride around here, I guess, which is kind of like, like I said, Ryan, uh, does end up back about 20th, 21st, right in that area, that little sweet spot. Um, but, uh, and in, in the next couple laps, they basically, uh, you know, they start at one Oh, restart one Oh four here. And, um, there's by lap one Oh eight, they're three wide. <laughs> and, uh, Todd does tell, uh, tell actually tells Josh first to, we can send it, tell him to go, he can go now. So there was a couple communications on, like, we need like seven more laps or three more laps. So he knew how many more laps they, they need to ride around at uh, you know, half throttle or whatever they were actually running at at that point. And then finally he does tell him, uh, we can go ahead and go. And he starts trying to work his way to the front. There were a couple explicit, um, remarks made on the radio because certain guys, were like really hanging back. and weren't even trying to push. And it was kind of weird because they knew the rain was coming. And a lot of these guys were racing the rain and, um, to get to the front. And then if the rain comes, the rain comes, but then you're in the front, you know? So Ryan was definitely racing with that urgency at that point. He was told to go ahead and go. Then if the, it did get to, if it would have got to lap, uh, 120 and into the stage, you know, then he would have gotten whatever stage points he could have salvaged out of that. Um, but at lap 116, uh, bubble was actually up to the lead and uh, priest was running fourth in the high lane and he gets turned after a push from Chris Buescher and, uh, he hits the wall, collects Matt DiBedetto and Wayne Byron. And this caution comes out right about the right time for a caution to come out because the rain was starting to come at this point, And basically in the next lap on the front stretch, it starts pouring um and that's the part about f- shortening this race um the they bring the cars down pit road for lap 118 and, and red flag it and now they're just trying to determine via radar and where that rain is falling how much time it's going to take them to dry the track and if it'll ever stop raining and it does delay NASCAR a little while on uh when they're going to throw you know when they're going to actually call the race because they want to do try and get in what they can and based on daylight and so forth, but at first they were sent the jet dryers out. They were still trying to dry that part of the track that was wet. And then it just started raining everywhere all over the track. And once again, two hours to dry it We're already up to like, I it was about five o'clock at this point, I believe uh, four o'clock their time. So, you know, two hours to dry it for what a half an hour worth of racing before the sun goes down, down there, you know, if the, if that, um, so they do finally call it when they call it Ryan, uh, Ryan's in 15th. Um, like I say, he was trying hard to work his way up to the front. Who knows what another couple laps would have done for him. Um, Bubba does win the race, which is, uh, you know, pretty, pretty cool. Really? It really is. Uh, he was pushed up there. Um, uh, one stretch by, uh, his future teammate, Kurt Busch. <laughs> and then once he was up there, he put a huge block on, the, on the two car to keep the lead um so you know he did a good job of uh, maintaining it once he got up there which is the same type of thing we've seen ryan do these last couple of years when he does get a get the lead the super speedways uh so really congratulations to him and it was kind of cool because they, they do bubba's uh interview and then ryan jumps him from behind with a couple bottles of uh, body armor and sprays him down with them <laughs> which uh, was cool to see
0: yeah, really, really cool moment. Um, unfortunate that the race had to uh, end early. Um, really great that that it did play into Bubba's favor there. Um, just on the Ryan Blaney front, I was, you know, upset's not the right word. I was more disappointed because you, we know what Ryan's capable of at these tracks. He has three super speedway wins, two there at Talladega. Um, what really stung was the point situation for me. Steve... Will tell you his power of positivity uh, on this situation. But for me, Ryan went into this race, plus 24 to the cut line. He leaves this race in the sixth position of the playoff standings, now plus 15. So um, the biggest thing that hit him. Here was that he, since he finished 15th here, they didn't get to the end of stage two, but they awarded stage two points to the top 10 finishers of the race. So what you see here is teammates, Joey Logano and Brad Keslowski, who had pretty good finishes, leapfrog Ryan in the standings. Whereas last week, Joey and Brad were on each side of the cut line. So, um... I think uh it's nothing against them, but it just annoyed me a little bit we We've been we' used to Ryan kind of leading the way for team Penske, and now we're kind of in a different spot here where he's actually the third of the three and has lost some points here um so it was just it was frustrating it was frustrating, but then at least the the momentous moment here for Bubba Wallace getting his first cup series win, Bubba being which I don't think I need to explain him being you know one of Ryan's best friends. Uh, Ryan finally had the opportunity to go up and celebrate with Bubba, who has always been there every time Ryan has won a race. So um, really great for those two to be able to celebrate Bubba's first victory in the Cup Series. Um, Range shortened event, as far as I'm concerned. You know, a win is a win. Uh, we were chatting a little bit before we hit record on the podcast, and Steve obviously brought up a race that I attended um, Daytona 500, where Dave Blaney was in the lead, uh, after the infamous jet dryer incident, uh, in that race that it looked for a few minutes here that the rain and the jet dryer incident was going to hand Dave Blaney, the Daytona 500 victory. And, uh, I could tell you at that time I was totally okay with that as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And really, it, really, one- really proud of Bubba.
1: Yeah, this one here was interesting because they did try to get in the race and they did try to go back out and race again. And, uh, you know, they didn't just call it as soon as it started raining. You know, people were like, oh, they did this on purpose or, you know, no, 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 they stopped. And they tried to judge the situation, and they tried to look it over, and then when you see what ended up happening, even after they they, they called the race, it continued to rain. It poured. Yep. They would have never got. They would have never got anything in. Now, if they waited 15, 20 minutes and it stopped raining, and they figured they could have dried that track quick enough, then they would have went racing again. They were. They really wanted to keep racing. They wanted to do everything they could to make it a, a good event. Um, you know, sometimes weather gets in the way of these things, you know, I mean, um, a couple of years ago, uh, Chris Busher was at Pocono and they raced, first of all, they had rained out for like two days. They raced on a Tuesday and then the fog rolled in yep. after, after he took the lead and they couldn't race anymore. And what do you do then? You know, the fog rolled in, in the middle of the day and it wasn't going anywhere. You know, but they had made the distance they needed to make to make it official. So, you know, sometimes these things happen, but I'm not going to take anything away from Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace has already proven that he could race at a super speedway. He's proven that he could race in any of these other tracks in any of the other series. And, um, you know, this is usually when you – this is one of those things that usually once you pop the pop the lid one time, you know, you shake the bottle, turn it over, and it just starts pouring out. So, yeah, you know, the future, you know, looks really good with him and he got it. He got help from his teammate, his future teammate. Um, you know, so next year he's going to have a teammate to, to bounce stuff off of a guy who's a championship winning driver himself. So yeah, I mean, this guy's the sky's the limit. He's still a young guy, you know, and it's the same thing we say about Ryan all the time. He's still a young guy he's still learning. I mean, wait till he gets the, the, the amount of knowledge that a guy like Kevin Harvick or Denny Hamlin already has, you know, and, and see what they do. So, yeah. Congratulations to him and anybody who was taking it away from him or trying to like poo poo it or whatever they want to say about it. I don't think you guys are really f- good fans of Ryan <laughs> because if you follow Ryan, um, that's Ryan's buddy. And, uh, everybody was happy for, for, you know, for, uh, Bubba to win, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think the, the, the thing that made it the best, again, we don't need to make a case for whether it was a legitimate win because it was a legitimate win, but, uh, he they were racing at the time. It wasn't a pit strategy thing. Again, I don't want to take anything away from Justin Haley winning uh, okay, the Coke yeah. Zero it race a will- couple of years ago. But it, at least it wasn't under those circumstances. It wasn't uh, you know just kind of a fluke pit strategy call or something. He raced his way to the lead and raced really hard to keep that lead at a time when crew chiefs and team members were and spotters were relaying to drivers that the rain was coming and the intensity had picked up in that race all the way to where there was a crash. So this yeah. was not uh this was not just them riding around under caution after a pit stop or something, and him taking the the lead uh he raced his way to that lead, knowing full well that weather was on the way and that racing to the halfway was a possibility so uh kudos to to Bubba Wallace um I echo Steve's words, you know team blaney, our social media accounts uh, everyone behaved themselves on Twitter, not everybody behaved themselves on facebook and uh, I executed my right to, uh, remove anybody that, uh, that didn't play nice. So, um, zero tolerance from us here, big fans of Ryan, big fans of Bubba. And it was a historic moment. And, um, I'm, I'm glad we can maybe even just kind of move on from this. You know, Bubba Wallace has won six, six races in the truck series It's come close a few times in Xfinity, and now he is a winner on the NASCAR Cup Series level, and it's something to be celebrated for a variety of reasons.
1: Yeah. Yeah, actually, that caution coming out um, when it did was probably a good thing, because could you imagine if they would have stayed green and then it just started pouring and they ran right into the rain itself? Um, You know, the carnage and the things that could have happened and all the possibilities of what might have happened there so yeah the caution coming out when it did so that they could actually just basically halt it for the rain um, was probably a good thing but everybody was three and four wide at that point because everybody was told you gotta go it's coming we're 10 minutes away we're five minutes away whatever the radar was showing them and um, he made all the right moves at the right times you know same things we've seen ryan do when he's won his uh his races like that you know you're just making the right
0: moves at the right times so again, Brian Blaney comes away with a 15th place finish in the rain-shortened Yellowwood 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. His best friend, Bubba Wallace, went to victory lane for 2311 racing in their first year as a race team. Congratulations to them on that historic moment. And speaking of historic moments, why don't we go ahead and take our weekly look back at the history of NASCAR. This week in NASCAR history. Up first for this week in NASCAR history, we go back to October 10th, 1954. The recently completed Memphis-Arkansas Speedway opens to a crowd of 12,000. Buck Baker wins the 250-miler on the huge 1.5-mile high-banked dirt track. Moving on to October 6, 1957. Bob Wellborn, with the relief help from possum jones wins the sweepstakes 500 at martinsville speedway wellborn's convertible chevrolet outruns the 40 car field of sedans and convertibles it is wellborn's first nascar grand national win up next we jump ahead to october eighth, 1972 Bobby Allison drives to a two-lap victory in Rockingham's American 500 to record his 10th win of the season. Allison leads in his 39th consecutive race, an all-time record that is acknowledged as Stock Car Racing's Joe DiMaggio record. October 9, 1983. Richard Petty scores a controversial win in Charlotte's Miller High Life 500. Petty leads the final 23 laps for his 198th career NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National win, but his team is fined $35,000 and docked 104 points following a post-race inspection. NASCAR officials discover illegal tires on Petty's Pontiac and an oversized engine. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. And finally, for this week, we go to October 6th. 1991. Jeff Bodine's extraordinary fuel mileage nets him a win in Charlotte's mellow yellow 500. Bodine goes the final 114 miles without a pit stop. That's it for this week in NASCAR history. Tune in again next week as we take you on a trip through the history of NASCAR. Ryan Blaney, Weekend Preview. Charlotte Motor Speedway, Roval. All right, Steve, we're going road course racing once again on the NASCAR Cup Series as they head to the Bank of America Roval 400 this Sunday, October 10th, Charlotte Motor Speedway on the Roval. You can catch the race at 2 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Now heading into this race, we talked about the points just briefly. Ryan Blaney sits at plus 15 to the cut line. Denny Hamlin is locked into the round of eight with his victory. Kyle Larson. So this is where it gets interesting because the points really kind of moved all over the place with this finish at Talladega between people getting stage points and not getting stage points. So the entire top, you know, eight has really come together here where Kyle Larson, who had like a momentous, you know, lead. Uh, going into this round, all the way down to where he's just plus 22 to the cut line. Joey Logano is in third, plus 21. Keselowski, fourth, plus 20. Tied with Martin Truex Jr., also at plus plus 20. Again, Ryan in sixth with plus 15. Chase Elliott, just below him with nine points to the good, tied along with Kyle Busch, also nine points to the good. So those are the eight drivers that currently sit On the plus side of the cut line, and the other drivers down here that have a lot of work to do here, some more than others, Kevin Harvick at minus 9 points, and this is where it gets interesting. In 10th, Christopher Bell, who did have a really good race there at Talladega this past weekend, or actually this past Monday, um, minus 28. And then William Byron, Alex Bowman, both of them crashed out of this race. Minus 44 points for William Byron minus 52 for Bowman. So those two drivers from the Hendrick Motorsports Stable pretty much are in a must-win situation. So, um, again, this uh, Roval race is going to be split up into stages at lap 25, lap 50, and the checkered flag will fall at lap 109, 252.88 miles around that Roval road course there at Charlotte Motor Speedway, a track that has been, historically... Uh, Really good to Ryan Blaney. Uh, We talk about it all the time, but going back to uh, 2018 there, the first visit there, Ryan running in third place, going into the final chicane, and Jimmy Johnson, Truex, uh, have a a little bit of a disagreement (laughs) going through the chicane, and uh, Ryan scoots through sideways coming out of it, if you remember, catch your breath as he's coming through, takes the checkered flag to win that race so um not completely sideways but enough to make me nervous so ryan blaney wins that first roval race there may or may not have uh had the had team mez up there in the grandstands to to enjoy their first <laughs> yeah. victory seeing ryan if, win
1: if, if i remember yeah
0: <laughs> you may have been there right <laughs> two, two
1: people two people from bourbon ohio went crazy <laughs> up in the turn two stands there and freaked everybody in their section out yeah we uh we got some nice pictures of uh of him going out there and getting the checker flag and everything. Uh, you know, what's interesting about that day in particular is uh, they were plus four to the cut line going into that race, and that was an elimination race at the end of a round. And uh, all day long, they raced the race with an eye on points and, yeah, trying to win. But um, because of the way these, these road courses are set up uh, with their stages and everything, um, if you're trying to win the race – you're going to race it backwards. So you're going to race it where you're going to pit at certain times and not worry about stage points because you want to win at the end. Well, Ryan, at this point, especially this, this year right now being plus 15, it's going to want to look at it the other way around. We got two stages. If we point enough in those two stages, we'll probably lock ourselves in before we even get to the finish. Um, Possibly, you know, so, um, being plus 15 to the cut line is a lot better situation than it was back then in, in 18, where there were only four points above the cut line. Now, I can remember that day from scanner, from listening to scanner that day, they did a great job of getting points in both the stages, finished pretty high in both stages, got themselves where um, basically they were just telling him to make sure he stayed ahead of a couple different guys. So that they didn't pass him, and he did such a good job of that that he was running third at the time that uh, all the other stuff happened in front of him. So,
0: um, yeah, fast what- car, fast car. I mean, he he was playing to get those points, which again, like as you were saying, might not work out strategy to put you in position to win. But he was running such a good race with a fast car that he found himself in a, in a great position.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the thing to look out for this weekend. Um, I know you were going to talk about the other two races. That he's been involved in that. uh go ahead.
0: Yeah, so in his three starts there, obviously the one win, two top fives, three top tens. So in their three visits there, he's never finished worse than eighth. Uh the last visit there in 2020, he finished fifth in that race that Chase Elliott went on to win. So um average finish there at the Roval of 4.7. And another race that you were just at, the Indianapolis Road Course, the last time they were out on a road course this year on the Cup Series, finished second. I know there were some strange events that happened towards the end of that race, but it was also another race where, again, this 12-team, this time with Todd Gordon on the box, he had Jeremy Bullins on the box when they won at the Roval. But strategy still played out to put them within the, you know that top 10, top 5 range, and he capitalized finishing second on the Indy Road Course. So um overall i think things set up historically pretty well for ryan this weekend
1: yeah the um they uh, according to bob pawcross's numbers of the week uh and we'll find out i'm sure on wednesday when nascar puts it out but uh he's supposed to start sixth so he's you know once again he's starting at least uh, in front of a couple of those other guys that are in trouble um like i said they're gonna the guys like bowman byron and bell those three guys in particular are definitely going to be looking at trying to win the race. They yep. they can't they can't look at it like they're going to point their way or or finish and win a stage or two. There those three guys have got to look at can I win this thing and get myself above everybody else just on a win. Um, Harvick can play around a little, but not really much because he's he's nine points underneath. But there's only one or two guys in front of him to catch, uh, which is Kyle Bush and Chase Elliott. Uh, if it was just, you know, if it was three or four guys and maybe he could pass one or two of them, yeah, you know, he might be in a little better shape. But to only have one or two guys to try and catch, you don't know what those, you know, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, all three of them go out there and, and finish second, third, and fourth in the first stage. Uh, Kevin's in a hole already, you know, so he may at, the, at some point be looking to win the race, too. I mean, that might be their strategy right off the get-go, to tell
0: you the truth. Great news about Byron Bowman-Bell and possibly Harvick trying to go for a win here is that that opens up some positions there, possibly at the end of some stages if there are cautions and they decide they should pit before the end of the stage and disregard those points that if Ryan's up there, that that's some position's uh, cushion that he has to, to continue to get some of those stage points that he needs to advance on into this, this next round, so... The strategy, the strategy that we all like to to watch as these races go on. It's gonna be I don't know, I'm gonna be pretty stressed out (laughs) I think through this whole race, unless, you know, he goes out there and wins stage one or something like that. It's just you're just I don't know, you just have this feeling that you're you're never safe. The the only good thing is knowing that, you know, Chase Elliott last year crashed and still came back and won a race. So as long as you have a good car. Uh, and you have a good driver behind the wheel, which we know we have both of those coming from Team Penske and Ryan Blaney. Um, fingers crossed, but uh, we're hoping that he'll be able to advance there into the round of eight. I just, you know, I don't want to
1: see somebody else cause the issue. Yep. You know, it's one thing to have um, have a problem. Uh, Ryan has spun out a couple times there, and it, there's a possibility of rain this Sunday. Um looking at the forecast long range, you know, it's, it's spotty, but there's a, there's a chance as of right now and, you know, slippery situations, one thing, but uh, you know, we've seen it a couple times now in the, in the first three years where they've went into turn one, on, one on a restart and somebody just buries themselves into that barrier. And if it's the guy on the inside lane and he does that and a bunch of guys are in the outside lane, trying to come around and he takes two or three guys with them, you know, it just could be a disaster. So every restart is going to be key, you know, uh, you know, Ryan starting sixth off the initial restart. It's going to be on that outside going, you know, going into that turn. Um, you know, hopefully everybody gets around turn one and we can uh, navigate the rest of the way, you know, back onto the track when they get through the infield part. Um, but, uh, you know, the more they race this track, uh, you know, Ryan led 14 laps last year, let alone the 16, he led two years, uh, you know, three years ago. So, um, He's he's really good at this this particular uh, road course, and um, I, I look for him and and Chase to be around each other all day
0: long, up near the front. I'm really glad about the starting position because it was something I was a little bit concerned about. I thought with the 15th place finish, he's still just based on his points positions in that finish that he would still at least start in the top 10. So starting six sounds pretty good to me. Um, Taking a look back this year, it has been, you know, over Ryan's career, he's been pretty decent at road courses overall, obviously, with that one victory a little bit of an up and down year for him and there's been some issues that they've had um one of the things that we've heard from a chorus of fans leading into this race already this week was just some brake issues that the penske cars have had at road courses this year and on a couple of other tracks so a little bit shaky brake packages but the good news is it seemed like everything was fine when it was at when they were at indianapolis last Um, But going back through his road course finishes this year, obviously he was leading the the Daytona road course in the Clash uh, before he was taken out by another one of his friends uh, in the last turn there. Uh, Ended up finishing 13th in the Clash, 15th in the actual road course race at Daytona a few weeks later, 17th at Coda in that that race that was kind of crazy. Lots of rain, uh, had a pretty beaten and banged up car after that one. 10th at Sonoma, so top 10 there. 20th at Road America, had some issues there. 14th at Watkins Glen, and then as of the aforementioned race at the Indy Road Course, finished in the second position. So kind of on a little bit of an upswing there and heading to probably, as you said, his best road course race on the Cup Series circuit.
1: Yeah, this weekend should be pretty exciting. Um, Like I said, you're going to. Hopefully they do. The broadcast team does a good job of showing you where things are with the cut line and and so forth. When they accumulate the points, um, it'll be a little easier to do than it, than it would be to Super Speedway with everything changing from you know lap to lap to lap. But uh, you know once they get uh, spread out and racing, and then you know you're just basically racing the guy in front of you at that point. You know try and catch a guy, pass him. Try to catch a guy and pass him um do you know have a have a better handling car than they have um and and that's gonna be the big thing if, if ryan can get the car handling the way he wants be able to handle the inside and outside of, the, of every turn um like i said i think he we're in for a really good day a really exciting day and who knows maybe he gets another w there you know
0: to get that w though he is going to have to drive past some pretty stout field of drivers the more that nascar has run on road courses over the last several years they've gotten away from this idea of a road course ringer except for one that will be entered in the field this weekend when it comes to the number 16 car from colleague racing and aj allmendinger um he will have to start towards the back of the field though uh due to you know that team not really running a full-time car so aj's a, a driver that ryan's gonna probably have to battle out with uh, throughout the race obviously chase elliott uh one of the best on the circuit kyle larson's won two on road courses this year kyle bush uh has raced really well on the road courses this year hasn't uh won any of the races so uh and then christopher bell who's in this must win situation did win on uh, the last Roval-type track uh, when they he got his first Cup Series victory earlier this year on the Daytona road course. So it's not going to be easy, but this time of year it's not easy. We're in the middle of a playoff run here. Uh, stress is high. Uh, the stakes are high. And um, But getting to victory lane or getting a top-five finish and advancing on will also be uh, a victory overall, I think, when they, they end this race there at Charlotte.
1: Yeah. The three guys at the bottom, Christopher Bell, William Byron, Alex Bowman. Um, <laughs> the, I heard the term bull in a China shop today. And I hadn't <laughs> heard that term term in a long time. Um, and that's really what, uh, they have to race like, and hopefully they don't knock the front end off of their cars trying to do it. But, um, they yeah, they have nothing to lose. And when you got nothing to lose and you're desperate, uh, sometimes it works. And, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't, but, uh, Except for one of those guys actually popping up and winning the thing, I, I think Ryan's in pretty good shape where he's at. I think uh, he'll run a nice, clean race,
0: uh, and, and we're going to see a good thing this, uh, this weekend. So if you want to catch the finale race of the round of 12 in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, tune in this Sunday, October 10th, for the Bank of America Roval 400 at Charlotte Motor Speedway on that Roval Road Course. You can catch the race at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC and on the radio with PRN Sirius SiriusXM NASCAR Radio. All right, Steve, it's that time of the podcast where we I don't know, reluctantly, I, I kind of just want to skip. Let's just skip the fantasy recap this week, right? We don't uh, We don't no have no to go no into no. this, right? Are are you sure? no, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll go through this um, as I was just saying, a little bit reluctant to go through this segment this week because I quite possibly had the worst fantasy week. Um, of the entire year. I might be exaggerating here a little bit, but I think my team only gathered about 96 points. I think that's what I saw, where the top wow. 10 folks uh, had over 200-something. Um, I did go into this, you'll see, with a kind of a, a left-field lineup here. Okay. Um, there was one one bright spot in the lineup, though. You'll, you'll see as I go. Um, so I started Austin Dillon, mm-hmm. Bubba Wallace, went to victory lane. That was the only highlight of the whole thing. Tyler Reddick, Eric Almirola, Matt Benedetto, And I actually had Alex Bowman in the starting lineup, swapped him out after his crash. So I left, uh, Alex Bowman in the garage after that move. Um, my bonus picks. I don't know what I was doing. I, I think I was thinking with my heart here, um, picked Matty D, Matt Benedetto, to win the race. Obviously that didn't work out. He got caught up there and finished 35th uh, had William Byron as the top Chevrolet. Uh, he did really well at the Daytona uh, Coke Zero 400 last year when he won that. Um, so pretty decent speedway racer. Picked Ryan Blaney as the top Ford. That didn't work out. Denny Hamlin as the top Toyota. Obviously didn't work out because Bubba went to victory lane. Um, doubling down there with um, Ford here as the manufacturer to win. That didn't work out. And I had Team, Pins- Team Penske. As the uh, winning team. So there was definitely a flaw here in the way I picked. Um, I didn't go big or go home, so I think that was part of the problem. But I did think I picked a really good stack of drivers there. Dylan has run well in the Super Speedways. Bubba has run well. He finished second in the Daytona 500 once. Obviously went on and won this race. Eric Almirola has is a winner at Talladega. Matt Benedetto was leading at Talladega uh, on the white flag lap, I believe, uh, of overtime in the spring, but didn't get the job done. So um rough week rough rough week there for me ended up uh way down the leaderboard like i said i think yeah yep 96 points total unfortunately steve had a good day relatively yeah, good day i was a, yeah i was all right i didn't uh didn't really hit a
1: lot of the bonus picks the way i'd hoped um because i put my uh my eggs in the ryan basket i really thought that he, he had a chance to win be the top forward, penske be the top team so those things didn't work out um I thought Chase Elliott would be up there as the top Chevy guy. It didn't work out for him either. Um, Kyle Bush I had as the top Toyota, and we know who the top Toyota actually ended up being there. But I did have Logano and Keslowski who finished second and third uh in my regular lineup. So, you know, I got some points out of that. Um, enough to be competitive with with the league this week. Um, and uh, you know, finished in at least the top ten this week and in, in this week's standing. So not too bad.
0: So why don't we go ahead and go through the top 10. And still, once again, I just don't understand what kind of algorithm Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing has. But again, you know, he's, we'll go to it, but he's leading the overall points. Led the 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 way in the top 10 for points earned at Talladega Super Speedway with 210 points for Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing. In second, Blaring Idiots, another one that's always at the top of the standings. I just don't, man, I, I need to get some of these guys together and let's go in a pool together on DraftKings or something. Yeah. Because, man, I just need to figure out what their strategy is. In <laughs> third, another one, SpiderMonkey, 202 points. In fourth, again, Vance, 12, tied for fourth. There's a three-way tie for fourth. Team Penske and then the Nutty Gamer, all at 192 points. Seventh, Go Larson. eight, SuperBod. Ninth, Orion, Kanan, two, with 180 points. And then rounding out the top ten, your team, Mez, 12, with 178 points. If we take a look at the playoff standings. So this is just based on the races in the playoffs so far this year. Team Pensky's moved up into first there with 1,118 points. In second, we have Doug K0525. In third, Spider Monkey and fourth, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing. Your team, Mez 12, up to fifth there in the playoff standings, 1,074 points, sixth, Supermod, seventh, Blaney kicks beep, in eighth. This may be a new one. No hesitation. One thousand fifty-nine points in ninth. We have Mooncup, and rounding out the top ten, Cool Guy Two K. One thousand twenty-four points. Who was quick to point out to me over um, our uh, social media. Actually, I think he's a part of our Discord chat that we have going on here. We haven't mm-hmm. talked about Discord yet again this this podcast, but he pointed out to me very quickly that uh, when I said last week that he was new to the top ten. Um, he is not. No. <laughs> I stand no. corrected. So cool guy, 2K. He's 1,024 points uh, in the 10th position when it comes to just the playoff races this year. And for all the marbles. You Well, you got passed in, in your household. Uh, in we'll just leave that behind there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're now in 20th on the uh, playoffs, And it looks like your lovely wife is 19th.
0: I, um, Yeah. Well, let's just go back to the overall status. <laughs> <laughs> i'm okay. doing a little bit better there um overall uh in first again holding on the first position clyde's chicken pit racing with 6138 points in second doug k0525 in third blaney kicks beep. in fourth we have moon cup In fifth still rogue tough in sixth spider monkey in seventh fans 12 your team mez 12 in eighth with 5761 points In ninth, we have Glitterbugs in rounding out the top 10. In the overall Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League standings, we have the Dalai Lama 4 with 5,740 points. And I'm still hanging around. I feel like I've been in this position about all year long. 21st position for Team Blaney Admin with 5,431 points in the NASCAR Fantasy Live League (laughs) 4. our Team Blaney social media accounts and, and podcasts. So, um, again, I don't know. I mean, I'll I feel a little bit better setting up this lineup, going into this race at the Roval this weekend. Um, have to make some decisions here. I, I used a lot of Ryan already. I did keep him out of my starting lineup at Talladega, uh, but I think I actually only have two usages left for Ryan. Uh, same with, about, with Chase and Kyle Larson. So it's, I, I know there's a decent chance that one of those three could go to victory lane. Um, but we have Texas and Kansas coming up and obviously the uh, Martinsville and the, and Phoenix. And it's just, there's, those are a lot of good tracks for a lot of these guys that I've already used a lot. So, um, some decisions to be made there. Is there anyone that's kind of like your lock of the week that you're definitely going to have in your lineup, no matter what?
1: Uh, chase Elliott. Um,
0: probably a good pick.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Chase Elliott. I've already, I've already kind of worked on this a little bit, um, today. Uh, he's, you know, pretty much the guy I'm looking at, um, Denny really doesn't have nothing to lose. So, I mean, he can race the race, however he wants to race it. And that kind of makes him like an interesting wild card there. Cause he can, you know, race it backwards like the other guys, but he wouldn't get in Christopher Bell's way if, if Christopher was going to try to win. So that's the only thing about, uh, what we've got going on with the playoffs uh, is that you, if you've got a teammate that's down there, you might want to help them. But Chase Elliott is in a position where he, he probably pretty much would want to win if he can win. So I don't think I see him helping Byron or Bowman, uh, you know, unless he really gets a lot of points at at some point. Um, You know, Truex actually uh, is a guy who, uh, you know, isn't really a sleeper per se, but his name's not mentioned enough uh, at this track. Uh, He was there. Uh, when, uh, him and Jimmy got together, you know, it could have been Martin Truex winning, winning the race that day. So, um, yeah, those are the kind of guys I'm looking at, um, in my lineup right now. So I, yeah, that's who I got right now. I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm with you there. I'm probably going to have to use one of my, one of the last few chase Elliott picks there. I'm still on the fence on Ryan though. I think he has a really good shot of scoring a lot of stage points and the victory, um i have a still kind of a believer in kyle bush there i think he's due on on a road course this season so he's another person i'm gonna look at and um if i have a wild card i mean aj ellmendinger is another one you know obviously he went there and, and won at indianapolis um like i said most likely going to be starting deep in the field there uh so he, he's someone wants someone to maybe look at and i i don't i don't do you know what the situation is on, on these guys that aren't that aren't running for points that you still get the stage points and stuff if they, if they finish, even though they're not necessarily going forward on the, on the actual cup series. Right.
1: Well, they take up the spot at least, yeah. uh, you know? So, I mean, it, you know, if you, if, you know, what, you know, like if you finish fourth or third or whatever, you know, those points disappear, you know, instead of somebody actually getting them. So yeah, yeah anytime but- he peeks peeks his head
0: up in there, he, he does mess with the points. So honestly, as long as Ryan is is running up there, up there toward the lead, you probably want AJ Allmendinger taking up one of the, those positions in the in the stages. I I would think. Uh,
1: sure, sure. And, you know, just like what happened at the first stage of Talladega, half the field did not get stage points, or half of the I'm sorry, half the playoff field did not get stage points there. So, yeah, I mean, any chance that in, at the end of stage one, the the you know the guys below Ryan in the standings don't don't get any stage points? That's awesome. You know, as long as he gets them. So, yeah, AJ. Uh, the only thing about racing with AJ is once again, he's a guy who has nothing to lose either. Yep. Yep. He's not racing for anything but himself and his team. And you got to be careful around a guy like that because he'll race, uh, race you, race you hard, and maybe not very clean either. Because, like I said, he has nothing to lose, and he don't care if he brings it back with just the steering wheel uh, if he gets the trophy at the end. So, um, the guys who are in contention in the playoffs may want to be careful, tiptoe around him a little bit. You know, let him do what he's going to do.
0: And I'm sure he's he, along with um, fellow Team Penske teammate Austin Cindrick will be favorites to win uh, on Saturday in the Xfinity Series race. So, Steve, we're kind of getting towards the end of our our episode this week on the Team Blaney podcast. I did want to bring up one more time uh, something new we started last week, and that was a Discord server. If you're not familiar with that, it's something that NASCAR recently got into, setting up a Discord uh, for some of their, their race day stuff and chats and driver audios and things. And it kind of inspired me to start a Discord server for Team Blaney overall. And I think we're up over 80 members already that have joined this server Um, this week is a little bit weird in the race chat just because it was a Monday and and during work, but I did have people kind of jumping in there, trying to get some updates throughout the day on what was going on during the race since they weren't able to watch it. But, um... I think I said last week, huge success. Didn't really expect it. And the cool thing that happens is, you know, we have a ton of channels in there. We have channels in there for you to share your pictures of your diecast collections. We have a channel in there where you can kind of share how you became a fan of Ryan or Dave or Dale or or Lou, uh, any of the Blaney racers there. Um, That's kind of been a little bit cool. We have a week long chat just about the race week overall. We have a general chat where you can just talk about whatever you want. And then that race day chat has been a lot of fun to follow along with while you can kind of sit there, watch for the race, and chat along with your fellow Blaney fans and sometimes get some inside updates that you might not see on social media or something because we have a lot of people like Steve and others that are following along with the scanner throughout the race so you might get some insights on hey what happened on that pit stop or why'd they pick this strategy or when do you think they're going to pit or things like that. Stuff like that will pop up throughout the race because the TV broadcasters just do not have time to give you a super detailed look of every single driver though during the playoffs they're they're doing the best that they can so um, again if you want to join this discord you just kind of have to get the app sign up for the app and then go to our social media channels uh team blaney on facebook or on twitter i have the post pinned to the top and you can click on a link there and uh you can join up you can click on the link it'll invite to you to it and kind of join in the conversation it's you know it's uh i've heard a lot of people uh, I know quickest Slap was a big thing back in the day, and a lot of longtime Blaney fans will know what I'm talking about. And I've had several uh, join the server that were from back in the day, and they they keep saying it kind of has that old quickest Slap, you know, Axe group feel to it. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what I like about it the most.
1: Yeah, you can uh, kind of be on topic there and talk talk with other people. Uh, it's nice that they interact with each other. Um, I know we're gonna put the we always put the link to the podcast in there. Um, and that's the other thing too. Give us a little feedback there too. You know, um, you know exactly uh, what the you know what the uh, team Blaney moniker looks like in there. So um, I know that you try to right away re- re- reply when you have a chance to to certain things. Yep. Um, and and it's nice that just people just come together and reply to each other and talk to each other. Uh, you know, be nice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, it doesn't hurt to be kind because uh, I know that sometimes you, you know certain people are whoever's going on in their world. You know, but these people, we're coming together, and we're coming together for a good reason to, to root on our guy, the guy that we like to cheer for every week. So, you know, get on in there. Be as interactive as you can. Uh, you know, I, I posted a bunch of pictures uh, of some of the things I got, and I'll answer any kind of questions I can, um, you know, about podcast or about things that I've, you know, learned over the years or, you know, going to races. Um, you know, some of these races that are coming up, I've been to Martinsville before. I could tell you a little couple of tips here or there about how to get in and out of there and stuff like that. So yeah, just interact with us as much as you can on all the different platforms. I know Facebook now has got the the podcast set up too for, for people um, where if you go to the team Blaney page there, uh, you'll be able to actually listen to the podcast right through Facebook. Right. So
0: yeah, that's all new this week, so it, you have to be on a mobile device, so you have to be on your smartphone to see it in the Facebook app itself, but yeah, I'm going to be sharing links every week now like I normally do to the podcast, but with this specific link, you don't have to go anywhere, you don't have to go to a podcast app, you don't have to go uh, to our, our, our host provider, you can actually see uh, the link and play the podcast right there on Facebook, which has been kind of cool and can be convenient uh, for, for anybody involved in that. So it, it works out pretty well.
1: Yeah. So, you know, interact with us as much as you can. Cause I, I know we got a lot of listeners who started joining in, in the last couple of weeks and that's been great for us. Um, but the little feedback here, a little feedback there, we want to get better and better at this. Um, uh, I think we do a decent job, but we don't know. Nobody really says we do, you know, we know, uh, you know, friends and family have told us we do, we do <laughs> great. Uh, we are definitely loved by our, by our loved ones, but, um, uh, there's some certain things, you know, we can talk about them and him and Adam and myself will co- come together and maybe we'll come up with some new things. You know, we want to do this for a while if we can, uh, as long as we're still having fun doing it and, uh, interacting with us is, a, is one way of making, making sure that it's fun for you guys, you know?
0: Yeah. So find us on social media. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a second, but yeah, go ahead and join this discord server. We can keep the conversation going all week long. You can find the invite to it on our, on our social media channels, and, um, yeah, the only other cool thing I'll mention about it is uh, it kind of gives you some people. I mean, they they're, they're talk about they're going to the race this weekend, maybe some fans that – um, you might be able to meet at the track and and sometimes uh, might turn into some, some lifelong friends. So join the Discord server for Team Blaney. Have a little bit of fun. But for now, I just want to thank everyone for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney podcast. If you would like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode that dives deep into how we both became fans of the Blaney Racing family. Again, if you want to interact with us on social media, you can find us on uh, find team Blaney on Twitter at team Blaney on Facebook at facebook.com slash team Blaney. You can also find us at team.blaney on Instagram. Don't forget to also download rate and subscribe to the team Blaney podcast. So you can get those podcasts fresh in your lineup every week on the Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, radio, uh, any of the major podcast platforms. And again, you can also find the feed on Facebook. Once again, to close out the show, we want to remind you to check out the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization, established in 2018, supports causes that have closely impacted the Blaney family, including the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. You can find out more about the foundation on its website, ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on Twitter at rbfamfoundation. Finally, on Facebook at facebook.com slash rbfamilyfoundation. For my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast.
1: Good night, Dublin. Good night, Brussels.